0: And as um, Mark notes, there was a great storm of wind. He puts a nice adjective to it, a great storm of wind. Are you changing me over, Mark? Okay, yes. I had not turned it on. I turned it on? Okay. Okay kind of running a different string of people back here I'm not hearing I'm not hearing myself that well through the wireless it's showing that you're registering when you speak I can see it I'm right? okay. well, more concerned as everybody else hear me so. <laughs> okay. usually I can hear it and there, there we go there we go So we do have a pretty good storm going on, and uh, they're fearful. Concerns of perishing and his possible lack of care, uh, he steps forth in all the power of his deity and rebukes the wind and calms the stormy sea. With this, the disciples are astounded. They look around at one another and voice the question that is the theme for this series. They ask what manner of man is this this is early on in christ's ministry so of course it's a little understanding you know they're learning who this man is this jesus christ of nazareth and have we experienced him i trust or we have experience Him at work, in our lives, do we still ask that question? What manner of man is this? All those who know Him never cease to be amazed by Him. And so I trust that we would be like the disciples often. What manner of man is this? Yes, He's our Savior. Those of us who know Him, who have found His redemption that he is so freely given, yes, we are astounded that he saved us. We're humbled. And I trust that we never lose that. And may we always have that, if you will, amazement at our Savior. What manner of man is this? They're astounded because he was more powerful than nature. These, again, are men who are sailors that, by the fact that they are sailors, they're either going to row across the Sea of Galilee, or they're going to use the power of the wind in their sail to move them. So they know the forces of nature. They know how to harness it, if you will, by putting up a sail, and using it to move them from point A to point B. And uh, they are astonished that this man can just say a few words, and that great storm of wind ceases. And it is just as great a calm as there was a storm. Because we note there in verse 9, there was a great Calm. Mark uses the word "great" four, to, three times in this passage. That I find quite interesting. Uh, there's a great storm of wind. There's a great calm, and then verse forty-one: they feared exceedingly. He didn't translate it "great," but that word "exceedingly" is the same Greek word magos, meaning great. They feared greatly would be another way to, to write that with uh, our, our word in there. And said one to another, what manner of man is this? I would like to look at this, all those, you know, may we never be ceased to amazed by him, and those who do not know him can never hope to understand him or his power. I would like to shed some light as we look and kind of answer that question, if you will, And we'll do that over the next few Sundays to look at coming along and answering the question. We're not going to exhaustively answer it because we can't. Because we're talking about Jesus Christ. As John will write at the end of his gospel. The world couldn't contain the books if we were to write about his, his earthly ministry. And that's just three and a half-ish years that John is saying, we can't write about all that he did. Well, we have four Gospels that give accounts of what he did. And he says, that doesn't cover all of it. There's much more that he did that we just don't have time to write and we don't have room to write about it. And take it further back, we're talking about the Son of God, who is infinite, infinite, We'll never completely answer that question, but I trust it will take a stab at it, if you will, and, and bring some, some thoughts to it as we look at this passage, as we consider that question, but as we look at our specific passage, what manner of man is this? As we see in our passage, he is a man that stills the storms of life. These disciples are concerned. They're out on the Sea of Galilee. If I remember the context greatly, they have left. They're leaving uh, the east side, the southeast side, the Gadarenes. He's just healed uh, the demoniac of Gadara. And uh, they're now moving to the other side, or vice versa. Actually, it's vice versa. Uh, chapter five is the demoniac of Gadara. So they're on the west side, moving over to the southeast side uh, to go to the area of of Gadara. And uh, so they're, it's in the even, the evening time, as as noted here. So they're they're going by night uh, to ca- cross the Sea of Galilee. And uh, this storm goes on. It has come up upon them. It takes them probably by surprise. It's a great storm of wind, again, as we've already noted. The waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Now, As I've noted, I'm not a swimmer. I would be a bit concerned at this point. I know, I know, I know this. I would have my life preserver on and be doing the best I could to get the water out of the boat because that's not a good thing. And these disciples are concerned. It is interesting, their concern is not only the fact that they are possibly going to perish. Their little ship is going to sink, and they're going to have to do the best they can, uh, you know, out in the water, which is not a good thing to be out in the water trying to survive in a storm with the waves. But they also note, as they wake Jesus, carest thou not that we perish? What a statement. Jesus, are you unconcerned with your own friends? You're back here sleeping through this storm, and we're about to perish. Don't you care about us? Jesus has to open their eyes and he does remind them, where's your faith? Where's your faith? This is early on in the ministry, yes, but Jesus has taught them enough to know for them to know who is he? He's their Messiah. He's the promised one from God. He's the son of God. He's God robed in human flesh. Could he perish at this moment? No, this is not the means of Christ dying. So if Christ isn't going to die, how in the world are they going to die? Because they're all in the same ship. But they haven't grasped that. And unfortunately, for a long time, they don't grasp that understanding and implications of who this man is. And he says, why are ye fearful? He uses a different word here than in verse 41. This word speaks of being timid. Your faith is timid. How is it that you have no faith? You're timid about this. Timid. These are sailors. These are men, again, that have been on the Sea of Galilee that know this. And and he says, you're timid. Why have you not faith? God can take care of us. He stills the storms of life, regardless of their source. doesn't matter to God where the storms of life come from. We need not think that our God is unable to do these things. He can. Storms tend to manifest themselves in various ways. There are storms that are of satanic origin. Others are physical. Others are emotional, financial. The storms of life are obviously very varied. They come from different places. Yet regardless of the source, there is the one who can say, peace, be still. We've talked on this some, Uh, On Wednesday nights. And so some verses will sound familiar to those of us that have been there on Wednesday night as we've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit, the aspects, if you will, of the fruit of the Spirit. And we just finished peace. But he says, Peace be still. Jesus stills the storms regardless of their source. And he brings peace in the midst of the turmoil of the storm. What a joy to experience that. I'm sure while they are astounded and exceedingly fearful, I'm sure the adrenaline is is going a little bit in these disciples' hearts right now. I mean, to be out on the Sea of Galilee, to have waves enough to start swamping their boats, and then have a man stand up and rebuke the wind and say to the sea, Peace, be still. I think that would get our heart going a little bit. I mean, the storm itself, I'm sure, got their heart going. But in a different way, this stopping of this storm gets their heart going. Whoa. What manner of man is this? But he brings peace. Christ will later on In his ministry, in John chapter 14, verse 27, tell these same disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Chapter 16, he will go on to say in verse 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He's our Savior. He's the one that stills the storms of life. It doesn't regard where they come from. It doesn't matter about their force. Sometimes our storms are mild. Other times they nearly rip our lives apart. And we are at our wits' ends. And we are like the disciples in this boat. Basically overwhelmed with the ferocity of the storm in our life. But regardless of their force, one thing we must always remember. Two things, really. We never face the storm alone. Thankfully, they come to the right place, By coming to Jesus and waking him up, yes, they come with the wrong question. Carest thou not that we perish? Aren't you concerned about our lives? Of course he's concerned about their lives. He came to seek and to save them. He is most concerned about their lives, more than they know. But they haven't grasped that yet. But at least they come to him. I'll I'll give them credit. They knew where to go. Wrong question, but they knew where to go. Jesus, wake up. We need your help. There's a storm out on the sea, and we are fearful that we're going to lose our lives. Wake up. They could understand that he could do something But in their reaction, we know this, they were not anticipating that he would go from a great storm to a great calm. And our God does that. He brings peace to our hearts and lives. And that is a great calm. His peace is a great calming effect on us, is it not? Again, I'm not going to reiterate, though a lot of those things are coming in my mind, our, our last two Wednesday nights on peace, but that's what God gives. And in the midst of the storm, we do have peace. And it's a peace that passeth understanding. So it doesn't matter about the force. First, we will never face the storm alone. Christ is there with them. The writer of Hebrews writes in chapter 13 verse the end of verse 5, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's our God. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, as we end in Matthew chapter 28 verse 20, as we end the great commission, notice what Christ says. And lo, I am with you always. Even until the end of the world. Amen. I am with you always. David the psalmist in Psalm 23, that psalm that we love to read, that we do find great comfort in. But he notes in verse 4, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why does he make such a statement? Because of what he says next. Why? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. See, these writers understood God's with us. He's always with us. He hasn't left us when the storms of life come. He hasn't said, oh, bye, I'm out of here. I don't want anything to do with that storm. Nope. That's not our God. He's with us. May we never think that he is not there with us. You say, but I'm going through the storm. He's allowed the storm. Yes. He's allowed the storm. Why? Why? To show himself faithful. To show you his majesty, his glory, his strength, his power. To remind you that we are nothing. And that without him we can do nothing. But with him we can overcome nothing the world, because He has on our behalf. Second, it doesn't matter about the force, two things, because He's with us. Second, we have a God who is greater than anything we will ever face, and He will be our helper in the day of the howling storm or even the stiff breeze. Back to Hebrews chapter 13. We ended verse 5 with, He hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He continues, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. How is that we can say that? Because God said He would never leave us nor forsake us. He's with me, so it doesn't matter what men may do. God's with me. If who before me, if God be before me, who can be against me?" as Paul would say to the Romans in chapter eight. It doesn't matter. because God is with me. The storms of life, they're storms of life. They're going to happen. We need to pray one for another, not to you know, treat them lightly. they are storms. We should take them seriously. I'm sure the people in the Gulf part of our country are taking things seriously as this hurricane approaches or may even have hit land by now. A Category 4 hurricane is nothing to be light about. But is God there with the believers in the path of that storm? Yeah. God didn't leave Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama... God's still there, and God will be with them. And I realize we may never hear the stories, but I dare say that there will be stories to be told of how God was with people in the midst of the storm. It has never ceased to amaze me. As a junior high student, I loved meteorology. I would read books about tornadoes and hurricanes. I've never experienced them. Even though as a kid I really wanted to, you know, kind of that, that curiosity thing. You know, I was living in the Midwest, Indiana. Elkhart had been hit with the Palm Sunday tornadoes back in the early 60s. We were in California. I've seen footage of them. I've read the stories. I knew people when I came back um, that had gone through it and uh, tell of those things, reading about tornadoes and the things that they can do and the, the oddities and the hurricanes and they can do. Living in eastern North Carolina, I never went through one. After I left, Mom and Dad went through several of them. I was old enough to not say, you know, oh, I wish I would have gone through that. It's like, no, I think I've got a little more wisdom to me, like, okay, God, thank you that I wasn't there for them. I've read enough to know that's not something you really want. To go through. But regardless of their force, God God is with us. And we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. We have our God with us. And he has a purpose and plan for the storms of life in us. If nothing else, to draw us closer to him. God, I need you. Because I can't do this on my own. I can't go through this on my own. And I know with my own storms of life, that has been, thankfully, one of the first things that I've done. is God, I need you. I don't know why this storm is here. I don't know why it has come up. I certainly didn't want this. But you have brought it on. God, I know you will be with me and strengthen me through this. God, I need you. Let us read a, a lengthier passage, if you will. Psalm 107 is a, it's an interesting psalm. I love reading it. Because the psalmist gives us some scenarios, if you will. And he kind of bookends them with this statement. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. It's a phrase that is repeated throughout here. And in between, there are scenarios that the psalmist gives us. So let's read verses, starting at verse 1. He says, O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And gathered them out of the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And He delivered them out of their distresses. And He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He satisfieth the longing soul, and filleth the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God, and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore He brought them down in their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and brake their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass, and cut the bars of iron and sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat. They draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving, and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships, That do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord, and his wonders in the deep, for he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof, they mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths, their soul is melted because of trouble, they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man, and are at their wits' ends. I think the disciples would clearly understand what he's talking about in our passage. That's them. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. The psalmist gives us these scenarios that we often find ourselves in. And we see that as he speaks of these things, these men that are in these circumstances turn to God. And they find that God is there. And he brings them out of their distresses. May we be like these men. We may be at our wits' ends, yes. Let's seek our God. He is here. He will bring us through. Paul reminds us of this similar thing in a different way. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Again, verses I trust we know. Not just by memory, but by practice. Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't worry. Instead of worrying, he says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Instead of worrying, bring it to God. Come to him. Bring the cares, the concerns, and even your thanksgiving. Bring it all to God. Make your requests known unto God. And he gives us a promise. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You bring your cares, your concerns, your troubles, your storms of life to me and leave them there. And in exchange, I will give you my peace. A peace that passeth all understanding. Have we experienced that peace that passeth all understanding? The storms of life come and we are at peace. We're not frantic like these disciples are initially. Carest thou not that we perish? Will you wake up and do something? no, we're at peace. Yes, there's a storm going on. But I'm at peace. Because God is here. I'm not going to perish unless God wants me to perish. And if so, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that's not a bad thing. Last I knew. I don't think there are a lot of people standing in heaven requesting from God, will you please send me back to the earth? I want to go back. I don't like it here. I really don't think there's anybody standing before God saying that. They're probably hoping, will everybody else come up here? Join us in this blessed fellowship with our God? But He's with us, regardless of their course. Lastly, no matter the outcome of the storm may be, or regardless of what lies in the path of the storm, God will still use it in your life for His glory and our good. We usually give to everybody during times of trouble, Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. I've encouraged others. You know what? Give that verse anytime. He says, we know that all things work together for good. What does all things mean? All things. We usually give that verse when what? When something bad happens? We know that all things work together for good. Yes? We know that all things work together for good. Somebody gets a blessing. Guess what verse you should give them? Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for good. Whether we consider it good or bad, it's all together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. It's a life that God has called us to, and it is a good life. Because he is with us. Regardless of their course, God is there to take care of us. Love reading the book of Job in this regard. My things pale in comparison. My storms, I don't call them storms anymore. When I read Job, chapter 1, I've had, comparatively speaking, I've had no storms of life. I've had no tempests. What does Job do towards the end of chapter 1? When these four servants have come to him, one right after another, One tidal wave of emotion after another tidal wave of emotion, of loss, of grief. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground. He's grieving. That's what all of that is noting. He is overwhelmed in grief. He's lost his children, he's lost his livelihood, he's lost everything. And so we see his grief, but we continue. What does he do in that, in that condition? And worshiped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job understood all that he had was God's. The Lord gave it. The Lord chose to take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It was his all along. It wasn't mine. And so whether I have it or whether I don't, I can bless the Lord because it's his. Paul understood the nature of storms. Acts chapter 27. Eurycladon has hit the Mediterranean Sea. And as Luke records for us in verses 20 through 25, he says, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay upon us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. A nice way of saying, I told you so. I told you this was not the time to be out. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. What a testimony in the midst of a storm. Be of good cheer. God's with us. Paul had the assurance that their lives would be spared. And indeed they were, but they lost the ship. God had a purpose and plan in Paul's life and the storm wasn't going to stop God's plan for Paul's life. The storms in our life will not stop God's plans. What manner of man is this? He's a man that stills the storms of life. He brings peace to our soul and helps us to understand he's right there with us. I've not left you, I've not forsaken you. I'm right beside you. I'm right here. Bring your cares and concerns to me, and I will give you my peace. And at times, yes, I will even still the storm, and it will cease, and there will be a great calm. and will enjoy the presence of our God. May that be the case this morning. We are enjoying the presence of our God. What manner of man is this? There aren't enough adjectives in the collective vocabulary of humanity to adequately describe him and his glory. There are thousands of languages. We could not do it justice to speak of who our God is. May we, like the Shulamite woman in in the Song of Solomon, declare that he is altogether lovely. Indeed he is. He is our lovely one. He's our God. He's our Savior. He can still the storms of life. May we come to him this morning. We're in a storm. Come to him. Don't come to him as the disciples, carest thou not that we perish? Come to him because he has the power to still the storm or to bring us through. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the understanding that you still the storms of life. Father, we are often like the apostles here, the disciples At our wits ends, as the psalmist says. Thinking that you don't care about us. Because you've allowed this storm to come up. And yet, Father, you are there with us. Christ was there in the midst of the ship with them. He did care. More than they knew. Father, we know that you care for us more than we know. So may we trust thee. May we not have little faith or no faith, and we have full faith of knowing that you are with us and will bring us through these storms. Yes, you may at times cause a great calm. Father, you are there with us and will bring us through them. May we rest and trust truly in your amazing grace that you have provided to bring us through the storms of life. I pray, Father, for that soul here that, Father, maybe they have gotten a little discouraged, disoriented because of the storms. May you cause them to refocus, bring their attention back to you so that we can bring our prayers and supplications to thee so that we aren't worrying and we will be given your peace do that work in our hearts may we who know this and experience it Father may we not sit back on our laurels thinking oh yeah you'll do it again and become complacent Father may we stay humbled in thy presence you are with us For which we are to be eternally grateful and thankful. And live in that understanding. Yes, you will bring us through the storms. May we show forth the greatness of our God. As we see the working thy peace in our lives in these storms. Do that work in our hearts. May we go forth truly singing thy praises. What manner of man is this? The God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ, God-robed in human flesh. Thank you that he came. Thank you that he suffered and died, buried and rose again to give us life and life more abundantly. In his name we pray. The Mark will come and lead us in a closing hymn. As always, if God's working in your heart about things and you'd like to come forward, take time at the front of the church to uh, spend time with God and uh, seek Him out. Quietness of your pew. It doesn't matter. God will work wherever we're at. May we see Him at work in our lives this morning. brother Mark. about our ways and bring us back tonight that we may once again sing your praises, fellowship
1: Thank you.